They say you have three names. The one you inherit from your family. The one your parents gave you. And the one you make for yourself. So create the brand of you. Find the job you've always dreamed of and make it yours by going to Irish Jobs, Ireland's online recruitment platform. Take control of your career. Visit irishjobs.ie and move up to the next level you. Irish Jobs. Make a name for yourself. The Hollywood Radio Theater. Every day at this time, Monday through Friday, a J.M. Colas Enterprises production, The Hollywood Radio Theater presents an unusual tale of mystery and suspense. Every week, Monday through Friday, the Hollywood Radio Theater presents... I'm Rod Serling. You're listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your mind. This week, Stanton for a flippant of tropical but I wouldn't want to die there. Starring Neil Ampersoff. Brock Peters. Marge Redmond. In Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour. Never put together a jigsaw puzzle. Begin with the pieces that have a flat edge. They form your perimeter, the frame. From there, work inward, turning each piece to examine all possible angles. A good puzzle has several pieces cut to nearly identical shapes. This checking and counter-checking is tedious work. But soon things begin to fall into place. You begin to get the picture. Whole sections fill in. Until you've only the last few pieces remaining. This week's tale is a real puzzler. A story within a story. A winter's tale of summer past. Come to the Caribbean islands. Visit exotic St. Martin's say the brochures. Where it's summer all year round. Quite a temptation if you're spending January in New York City like Sylvia Bennett. But she's already been to St. Martin. And one visit was enough. She could never go back. Not after what happened. Though even now those last pieces don't quite fit... But that was over. Much has happened to her since. The decree finalizing her divorce, a new job, a new apartment. And now her mind was made up. For Sylvia Bennett, New York in January was perfect. For suicide. For Sylvia Bennett, St. Martin is a nice place to visit. But I wouldn't want to die there. Our story begins after this word. Picture this. Snow is falling on Manhattan. January thaw is late in coming. A yellow taxi spins around the corner at 103rd and West End and settles to a stop astride a brown snowbank piled high on the curb. A woman steps from the passenger side out into the ice and slush. A handsome woman of 42, her expression is one of bitterness. 
A gust of wind off the Hudson River swirls the virgin snow into a determined face as she struggles her way indoors. Oh, New York, I despise you so. I must leave instructions. If found, please ship in a plain pine box to anywhere far away. Regards, Sylvia Bennett, deceased. Damn, you're so slow. The mail. Why not? Let's see what bills my state will have to pay. Con Ed, Lord and Taylor, telephone company. What, what on earth? Postage due, 14 cents? Set... Saint-Martin? More travel guides? Ah, no more trips for Sylvia. No more bills. No more of this hideous planet. And this time... And this time, no slip-ups. Damn it. I'll have to break the door down to get me out. here on the living room rug? Nope, too messy. A bullet in the brain. No gun. The window. <laughs> With my luck, I'd land in the snow, break my back, and live. God, it's quiet. I wonder. All these pages. Dear Sylvia... Don't throw this away, please. The way I look at it, you owe it to me to read it. I spend a lot of time writing it down, and the least you can do is read it. I deliberately didn't see the papers when it was all over. I suppose I should have, but I just didn't want to see what they said about us. That's the kind of coward I am, but then you know that. <laughs> Can't you people let a wretch die in peace? Hello. Hi, it's Carl. I know, I recognized your voice. How have you been? How's the new job? Ghastly, thank you to both questions. You didn't have to leave Day, you know. Divorced people do work together, it is done. But Day is your magazine. I'm just a reporter, remember? I'm worried about you still. You, you won't do anything foolish. I'm a big girl now, and I'll thank you to mind your own business. Now, hold it. What the hell's wrong with you, anyway? You were getting along all right. We could at least be civilized, and then... Ever since you got back from that island, the past six months, you've been... What happened? Do you need money? I told you before, I don't want your money. Sylvia, you... No, I'm not crying. It's just this... This damn cold. Look, nothing happened. I just got sick in the gut, that's all, of everything. If you need someone to talk to... No, thank you, doctor. These four walls will suffice. They listen rather well, you know. I've nothing more to say to you, Carl. Goodbye. No more interruptions. You've written a novel. Oh, what terrible handwriting. Tad, what the devil have you done? Oh, dear Sylvia. That's the kind of coward I am, but then you know that. I had to set things straight. You'll forgive me if I don't have much faith in newspapers and magazines. But set it straight to whom? People wouldn't believe me anyway. That's when I thought of you. That's one of the times I thought of you. 
Anyway, I've told it the best I can. I start with that day last summer when all hell broke loose on San Martin. I was taking my evening walk along the beach. It was a dark night, though once the sun goes down, all nights are dark to me. I don't see that without my glasses. I should say I hardly see it all. I'm a congenital myopic anyway. Since I've covered that ground so many times out where the pier juts out, along Molly Smith Point, I knew where I was. What I didn't know was what I would find. A body. A woman's body. Hello? Who? You there. Are you hurt? I... Oh, my God. There's a woman here. I just fell over her, I think. What wants the famous actress, Mr. Cobb? She looks bad. I can hear this song smashed up. Is it Miss Lee? You call these men from the river. Cowboy, they hear you too. Sound like you hurt. No, no, I'm all right, Juan. Shine your torch over here. Oh, God. Mrs. Lee. She looks dead, Mr. Cobb. Inspector Clark, is that you? Cal Wallander here. It's Annabelle Lee, the actress. She's been badly hurt. We're about to call you. She may be. She's dead. Dead. Very. What is that? Count the tracks here. See? We are all standing in our own. I'm afraid I can't see what you say. You see, my glass. There are no other tracks, not even her own. What about the tide, Inspector? Couldn't it have washed them away? Monsieur Cadwallader, the tide is coming in. But then how? What could have happened? At the moment, Monsieur, who's to say? But I believe, I am not certain you understand, but I believe that Madame Lee was... was dotted about the head with some variety of very obstinate material. Badly? You, 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 you mean on purpose? Uh, one cannot say for certain just yet, Monsieur Cadwallader. May we... It appears that Madame Lee was murdered. It took me a long time to fall asleep that night. I couldn't get that terrible image out of my mind. To quote Poe as best I can, the beautiful Annabelle Lee in her sepulchre there by the sea in her tomb by the sounding sea, lying there in the surf in her white bathing suit. Her head, oh, a terrible sight, awful. I keep a supply of very potent sleeping pills on hand for just such emergencies. I took three that night, which was more than I'd used for since the days when... Well, but Sylvia, you must know what day, what years I refer to. I needed the pills then to survive. This time, I hoped if I slept deeply, I would awaken to find it was all just a bad dream. Lord knows how long Eloise Almeida was knocking, trying to rouse me before I stirred. Mr. Cat! Mr. Cat! Eloise! (coughs) What's the matter? The gendarmes, Mr. Cat! The gendarmes are here! Oh, yes. Yes, Eloise. Um, tell them I'll be right down. The 
lounge was nearly deserted, Inspector Leclerc was waiting for him. With him was a certain Captain Dubois, who looked very official indeed. They were accompanied by Gerard Bonaventura, a diminutive fellow with big owl eyes and big round glasses. Gerard was owner and editor of the Island Voice in Saint-Martin's only newspaper. Do you know yet was she murdered? Even now, Dr. Fortier is conducting his post-mortem. Have you been able to reach her husband? The guests in the house, Bates, I believe is their name, have sent a cable to Puerto Rico. They are trying to reach Mr. Lee by telephone as well. There is no Mr. Lee. You see, that was her stage name. His name is Tolliver, Robert Tolliver, very big in New York advertising. A genius, I read somewhere. He sold his business last year and retired. Excuse me, Mr. Card. Eloise say you need new handles on two windows. You drive me to Marigot for them? Yes, as soon as these gentlemen are through, Alphonse. For the moment, we are through. Fini. Your presence will be required should we have an inquest. I understand. Come, I'll show you out. If I can help in any way, I'll be here, of course. And, Gerard, you will spell my name correctly. Two L's. Do not worry. I have all that you say right here, Mr. Cad. I must admit, I admire Alphonse's nerve as a passenger, the way people drive on San Martin and the roads between the potholes in the grade and the livestock crossing at will. It's a virtual obstacle course. And I must remind you that my eyesight isn't all that it could be. If Alphonse was frightened, he camouflaged it well. When is Mr. Max returning? Watch out, Mr. Cat. How frightened is ahead? Mr. Max will be surprised that he missed all the excitement. Careful, Mr. Max. Max told me at the airport he'd be back by the end of the week. He had to order some new mattresses and... Look out for that dog, Mr. Cat. I'm sure Max will spend a couple of days living it up. You know how he is. Yes, Mr. Max likes the ladies, eh? You handle the business while he plays. I wouldn't say that exactly, Alphonse. Max is just, uh, well, you know, women prefer a man with a beard to a fat old fogey like me. Oh, oh you're not fat, Mr. Card. You just have a lot of skin. <laughs> Thank you, Alphonse. You put that rather well. Uh, Mr. Mr. Card, Mistress Lee promised me a present, but she never gave it to me. A yellow wig with long curls for the carnival next year. You ask Mr. Tolliver about it when he gets home. Not right away. Wait until after the funeral. I'm sure he'll give it to you. But why can't I ask Mr. Robert for the wig right away, Mr. Card? Well, he'll be very upset about his wife's death. He'll be very, very sad for a while. Oh, I don't think so, Mr. Card. He used to hit Mistress Lee real good. Make her cry, make her eye black all the time. What? Did you tell that to the gendarmes? The gendarmes, of course not, Mr. Cat. They didn't ask me. Lunch was being served on the terrace when Gerard Bonaventure stopped by looking very excited. Dubois and Leclerc are questioning all over town, going door to door. They think now it was done in a boat, that she was pushed over the side into the water. Why in a boat? Because of the tide and lack of footprints. Dr. Fortier has determined the time of date between noon and early evening. That's a lot of time. Couldn't he do better than that? It seems to me it had to happen at night. 
Surely someone would have seen her get into a boat in broad daylight. It is strange. No one saw her all afternoon. The American couple, Bates, uh, they were in Phillipsburg all day shopping, and Maria Lisa, the maid, she was at the dentist for her teeth that are not so good. Uh, they all come back to an empty house. But I think somebody must have seen. That was a very good-looking woman. The gendarme will find out nothing from the people. I think you're right. No one wants to get involved. I shall go to each house, too. This is the mark of a professional reporter. Yes, the people here are my friends. They will tell Gerard more than they tell the gendarme. I went to bed early that night. You may not believe this, Sylvia, but I had a dream that a lovely woman would soon enter my life. I took my coffee on the gallery the next morning. Across the street, I could see the gendarme's jeep parked in front of Annabelle Lee's house. I wonder who could be coming to Grand Case in a taxi. It's a woman, Mr. Card. She's coming here. Undoubtedly an American. Pretty woman, too. Oh, she sure knows how to walk. I'll say that. Well, I have to go now, Mr. Card. I'll see you later. Mr. Card, there's a lady here wants a room. Very well, Louise. I'll be right down. Poor Cad. I had you charmed before I ever saw you. She knows how to walk. That's a laugh. Oh, if things had only been like they seemed to you. Had I come to get away from it all, like I told you. But that wasn't the reason. It wasn't all a lie, though. I did come over from St. Croix. Carl and I were as good as divorced. He was vacationing in Christiansted. I knew the hotel. We'd been there often enough as husband and wife. <laughs> I kept telling myself I wasn't chasing him. We were all sitting together at poolside. Carl, those three vacant but beautiful young women, and good old Sylvia, when we heard the news. Sylvia, you knew Annabelle Lee. Hmm, I interviewed her a couple of times. I've got a terrific idea. San Martin's an exile and down. Get on a plane and see what you can find out. The innocent tourist bit. Try to find a spot to stay in the village where it happened. I don't know why I took the assignment. Perhaps to convince Carl that I was better than those stupid women. Those cheerleaders. All bust and no brain. So, I knew how to walk. What next, Cad? I decided to, to go, go down, down onto the beach. beach. I didn't do that often, not at midday. My new guest was there. You, Sylvia. Wearing a red low-cut swimsuit and white bracelets that sparkled in the sun. Are you going to sleep, or would you like some company? I'd welcome company. Mrs. Bennett, is it? Oh, Sylvia. This is my first visit to San Martin, and I don't know a soul. Well, I'm Jeffrey Stamp Cadwallader. Oh, my, that's a mouthful. People call me Cat. It's an odd name of endearment. I've gotten used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Those are pretty bracelets you have. Oh, thank you. <laughs> they're they're uh, turquoise. Rather common these days. They used to be chic. Who lives over there? Annabelle Lee. I should amend that. She lived there once. The actress? Oh, didn't I hear somewhere that she'd passed away? As a matter of fact, I found her right over there by the pier. A terrible thing. You know, you've got the prettiest place on the beach. Mm. How did you find it? My partner, Max Terry, found it. I can't take credit. 
Your partner? Yes, he's a very nice man. You're sure to meet him. He's due back from Puerto Rico any day. Mm. How would you like to have lunch with me? Oh, I'm so sorry. I've already eaten. Oh, I ordered a cab to take me over to Phillipsburg to do some shopping. Well, then how about uh, cocktails, dinner? Oh, I'd like that. Say about six. About six. Poor Tad. You were even more blind than you imagined. And I was so ruthless. Oh, I went to Phillipsburg that afternoon, all right. But not to shop. I went to the telegraph office and wired San Croix asking for information. Somehow, I was perplexed and frightened by a big teddy bear of a man with thick glasses. He reminded me of someone. A face in the newspaper. And the name, Max Terry. Suddenly, while looking at my own reflection in those tinted eyeglasses before leaving the beach, the names and faces crossed a span of 25 years. I was fresh out of journalism school. My first assignment, a murder case. Helen Terry, 14 years old, pushed to her death off the rooftop of her family in Queens. She had a brother, Maxwell, in his middle 20s. And he had a friend, a heavy-set, myopic friend who was found guilty as charged. But the other name, not Cadwallader, but Johns, Joseph Johns. Oh, Cad, I had to do it. Please forgive me. Tomorrow at this time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense. But I wouldn't want to die there. I'm Rod Serling, and this is The Zoo. Theater's presentation of The Zero Hour, heard every weekday at this time. Rod Serling is your host. Danton Forbes, But I Wouldn't Want to Die There, was adapted for radio by Kim Weisskopf. Nehemiah Persoff is Cad. Brock Peters is Leclerc. And Marge Redmond is Sylvia. Featured in the cast are Herbert Rudley, Jester Hairston, Mady Norman, and Victor Bozeman. Zero Hour is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis. Jack Myers is executive producer. Rochelle Sherman, associate producer. And Kim Weisskopf, story editor. Music conducted by Stanley D. Hoffman. The Hollywood Radio Theater theme was played by Ferranti and Teicher and is now available on United Artists Records and Tapes. This has been a J.M. Colas Enterprises production. Hugh Douglas speaking. Tune in tomorrow and once again, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour. I'll be here next week as Lloyd Mercer on Hollywood Radio Theater's brand new Zero Hour. 
Mercer is a deep-down politician of the old school. We've received some new information on the Henley murder. It points rather definitely toward your culpability. Apparently, there was an eyewitness. Someone saw me kill Henley? Please listen to George Maharis, Charles McGraw, and me next week when the Zero Hour presents Dead Man's Tale.